0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Before we get started with today's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try our new favorite app called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys. On draft, you play live snake drafts with other people just like in your season-long league. Drafts last just for one night. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Trust me, I love playing drafts. I play golf. I play NFL, basketball you can play um three uh, you can play head to head three man six man there's there's running leagues you win one night it keeps going for four five six nights you can play a dream team there's all kinds of great ways to play draft and you can join me today just search draft in your app store or play right from your computer on draft.com and when you enter promo code sd sports you gotta enter the promo code SD Sports. You get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code SD Sports. That's right. Playing a real money game for free just for using the promo code SD Sports when you make your first deposit. Just again, search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and enter the promo code SD Sports. Now to this week's edition of Best with Bubba. To another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode eighty-eight, We're talking some more fantasy baseball for you guys, catching you up on the recent action and how it affects your fantasy baseball teams. And this week I am joined by a special guest. You can find him on Twitter at Freeze Stats. He works for fantasy pros and freestats.com. Max Freeze. Max, how are we doing, man? I'm doing
2: good. Hey, thanks for having me on, Bubba. I uh, appreciate it. It's real cool to uh I know you've had some pretty damn good uh, guests, so Letting a new guy on is pretty damn cool. So thanks, man. Hey, no problem. Uh, we were all new guys at one point in time. And I,
1: that's one thing I like to do. And this is kind of, I guess, we could have done this off air, but it's kind of fun to talk about here because I thought about it a lot, actually, once you told me that the other day. I enjoyed kind of having both sides. Of it. Cause I remember when I started and you kind of want to go on shows. And by no means am I like a Paul Sporer of the world. But, you know, you always envision someday getting there. And um, you got to start somewhere. and. Yeah. I'm as simple as I just like to talk baseball with whoever wants to talk baseball with me. So I, I don't care, yeah. and it's like the the great fantasy baseball invitational that Justin Mason started. It's just a way to show that there's way more people out there that know what they're talking about than just you know the the, the CBS's and the Yahoos of the world. There's tons of people out there, and yeah. that's why that's why these platforms are great. Totally agree. So let's get into some recent news before we get to some hot and cold hitters. Um, Jose Bautista, we have to skip the Freddie Freeman part. Just want to let everybody know, thank God, that was uh, – <laughs> we dodged that bullet for now. Uh, but Jose Bautista came came out of nowhere. He's one of the many free agents that somehow still does not have a job in baseball. Signs a minor league deal with the Braves. Obviously, he'll – or I would imagine will make his appearance, you know, in the next month or so. Um, they, they're they planning on third base. Last year hit 203, uh 23 homers, 92 runs, 65 RBIs. Now, from a fantasy perspective, Max, what are you kind of looking
2: at with Jose Bautista? Um, you know, I think the Braves are trying to catch lightning in a bottle on this one. You know, he's, he he's got monster power. Um, but for me, I don't really love it. I think his K rate's heading in the wrong direction. Walk rate's heading in the wrong direction. Um, I think playing time's going to be an issue. I don't know how well he we can play third base. So, And once Akuna gets called up, Where's he going to play? He's not going to play in the outfield. And then third base, he might just be a platoon to bat. So maybe they catch lightning in a bottle. He hits 230 with 20 bombs, something like that. But um, I don't think he's going to be that um, uh, that integral to fantasy. Maybe deep leagues, you should go out and grab him. But other than that, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's kind of why I look at it. Pretty deep leagues, yes, because –
1: you know, you got to imagine he can say all he wanted to that he's been training and whatnot, but he still gonna need to go. He's going down to Florida to so their like uh, their spring camp and kind of extended spring working on his back there. You'd imagine at least a month before we see him. So it's a whole other month you don't get him, and then um, they're saying third base. That's what he came up as in like two thousand. All right, I don't have his page up anymore. Like long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. Uh, when he came up with the Pirates, he was a third baseman. Right, and um, he's definitely not that size anymore, and he's not that young anymore. So uh, those don't work well for him. But uh, your point about lightning in a ball is perfect because the Braves—we've seen it for two years now. Last year they went go and signed Cologne and Dickey. Just they're basically roster fillers until this rebuild hits its peak. That's all these guys are doing, and mm-hmm. they need—they have a whole You know, they're running out Ryan Flaherty and Ryo Ruiz at third base. I'd give to a chance, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, that just sounds good. Yes, I agree. So, uh, yeah, yeah it, it makes it fun because the Braves are fun to watch right now, so I'm all for it. I love them, yeah. Uh, let's talk Rich Hill, the Dodgers. It took the Dodgers until April 19th, literally like 23, 24 days into the season to start the 10-day DL starting pitcher shuffle. Yeah. Um, they say he has a cracked nail on his hand. Well, I've cracked my nail before, and I know I'm not a professional pitcher, but you imagine you can make things work. Madison Bumgarner, and this isn't just being a homer here, he was going to pitch if they put a splint on his pinky. They wouldn't let him. But hill has got a cracked kn- uh, nail. Are you concerned about
2: this at all, or are you just thinking this is kind of the We're just playing yeah. the game. Um, I'm not fully concerned, but uh, Rich Hill on the DL is like the sky being blue. It just happens, and it's just what it is. But uh, I think that you know, I had him last year. I owned him in a couple of leagues, and he was frustrating to to own. But they were throwing him on the DL. Um, It's you know for the blister issues. He came back, struggled, and he still ended up with some pretty great numbers. I think this is just you know, it's a reason to get him on the DL. Skip a start. Keep him healthy. You know, they don't want anything to get worse. They don't want him to develop a blister due to the crack nail or make the crack nail worse. So I think it's just precautionary. Maybe he's, he misses one start, maybe two, um, and then they kind of start the carousel again. So I don't look at it as a big deal. Rich Hill's going to – you know you're not getting 175 innings out of Rich Hill. I'm not too concerned. Um, I think this is just the the way that the, the Dodgers are running things right now. So I'm not I'm – not, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you said it. uh, You kind of know what you're getting into when you draft Rich Hill. You're hoping for like 125, 130 innings. That's what you're going to get, and uh, it worked out really well. Actually, like you said, it was it was frustrating because you know, especially if you're in a weekly lineup league, and they all of a sudden say, "Oh, sorry, he's going to go out," or this, that, or the other. But when he was in, productive, a three three two ERA, and his fifths, X fips all that stuff matches up. So he's not like fooling anyone. It's just you got to be patient, and as we know, all fantasy owners are not patient. So. Let's talk uh, Let's talk Kevin Kiermaier. This poor guy, big fan of Kevin Kiermaier. He just can't stay healthy. Diving back into his, uh, the base the other day, tears the ligament in his thumb. The way – you know it's bad when your manager says – when they ask the manager, how long are you going to be out for? And he says, he's going to be out for a boatload of time. <laughs> That's just not good. Um, so, Kiermaier's out. Malik Smith is back. Tell
2: us what you've been looking into on Malik Smith. So, Malik Smith um, he really hasn't gotten much of a shot. He didn't, you know, he wasn't a starter in uh, in Atlanta, but um, I I don't think he's a great baseball player. I just think he's fast. He's, he's a pretty good athlete. So, I think now that he's going to get every day at bats, if he can bat, if they can put him in the top of the lineup, I could easily see 30 35 steals out of this guy. Uh, he's cut his K rate in half. Um, his walk rate's okay. But as long as he can get on base, I think he's going to steal. Not going to give you any power. Not going to give you any RBIs. But um, I, I and he's also not going to hit 330. But, um, you know, if he, if he continues to make contact like he's making contact, he's only striking out 10% of the time. So um, I I like him. He should be scooped up in pretty much all leagues, especially um, if you need speed. Even shallower leagues, you should you should grab him. Um, good speed component. So. Uh, I think he's got 35 steals and less than 600 plate appearances in the majors so far. So I mean the production's there as long as he gets playing time. So again yeah. I, I don't sorry, I don't love that Myers no. hurt. I I do love the fact that he's like a he's a 2020 guy if he's healthy for, for a full season, you know? It's just frustrating. And he's fun to watch defensively. I mean yeah, he makes pretty spectacular plays. Oh, yeah, he's gold glove caliber outfielders. It's
1: amazing out there. And you hit it 2020 and you're getting them late in drafts this year. So you're sitting there going, God, just stay healthy, make it work. And even to start the year, like he wasn't lighting the world on fire. You could see him working towards that 2020. And um, Malik Smith, yes, is a very, very solid pickup. And one thing that really got my attention because coming into the year before their outfield shuffle and all the trades and all that, there is like they're thinking Malik Smith, okay, he'll platoon and he'll bat versus righties. Well, he's made his last three starts all against lefties. So that's telling you really good things that he could be the everyday guy like here Myers out, So a lot to like there. A lot yeah. to like. Okay. Let's talk about a player that I was tremendously high on coming into the season. I think he's doing just fine. He's got a banged up foot, kind of a banged up hand. He seems just banged up, but he came he came on last year and torched it and he's playing really well again this year. His swing is beautiful. I'm talking Jose Martinez of the St. Louis Cardinals. And the weird thing is it depends on where you look. And I, I might spend too much time on Twitter. I don't know, but there's a lot of weird shade getting thrown Jose Martinez this way, and then there's a lot of really big time love. You've been uh, taking a little deeper dive into Jose Martinez. What have you learned lately with him?
2: You know, I I'm kind of a fence sitter. I think with him, after I had a deep dive, it's hard to say. It's amazing. The guy's like six six, and his swing strike rate's like four percent. I mean, he doesn't swing and miss. I don't know how he has that kind of coverage. His strikeout rate's like eight percent. He's walking more than he's striking out. For a big guy like that, that's tough. So he's making a ton of contact, um, but then I dig into his badge ball profile. He's hitting, he's not hitting a lot of fly balls, about twenty one percent. His hard contacts sitting around thirty, and the soft contacts about the same. So I'm, you know, maybe that's due to his uh, his injuries. He's got a foot issue. I don't know. It's just it's interesting. I mean, I, I love that he puts the ball in play. Uh, last year he he played you know a little less than half a season and was very impressive. So I think the skills are there. I mean, it's, it's the talent's there. If he can up that uh, fly ball rate, I think you're looking at a, a solid 280, 290 average, 20-plus homers um, if he can stay healthy. So I'm kind of on the fence. I don't think he's going to be, you know, an absolute monster, but I think he's definitely fantasy relevant. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And you can get him almost free by
1: the end of the season or into the draft. So that's the best part about him. For sure. Now we've got a handful of hot hitters and pitchers and a handful of cold. And kind of the the idea here is it seems like I do this every week, but there's just a new batch of guys that just stands out. So it's kind of just – it might be the way the show goes every time. You can cover it. But um, it's kind of a buy-sell-hold type theory, kind of of rest-the-season outlook. Do you believe in what they're doing or is it a big figment of the imagination? There's tons of different stats depending on who you are and what you're like that you can make your case. And that's the fun about this. And that's the fun about fantasy sports is everyone has an opinion, and most of the time, nobody's wrong. Like it's just, like, yeah. how do you prove it? Right? <laughs> you got to wait it out. Be patient. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it fun. And all we can do is kind of give you the different angles. So let's talk about a guy that I love. We're hitting on all the guys I love. We'll get to something I did in a little bit. I promise. But uh, you can't ignore what Jed Lowry has done to start the year. Hit three forty six. Six homers leading the American League in RBI is at twenty one. Yes, Jed Lowry of all people, hitting third in that A's lineup. Uh eighteen percent K, nine percent walk, couple of things, and then I'll let you get at it. A three seventy three Babbitt, a two fifty nine ISO, and a four thirty seven Woba for Jed little Jed
2: Lowry. Um
1: <laughs> do you buy, sell, hold with uh, Lowry. Yeah. Um Lowry
2: I I'm holding right now. Uh, I I don't think anyone would have guessed that he would be leading the American League in RBIs, but this is where we are. Um, You know, some people, I've I've been looking on Twitter, and people people had him pegged for a sleeper. Uh, He did have 66 extra base hits last year. I think only 14 homers, but he's obviously uh, turning some of those doubles into homers. And so, you know, the guy's always been able to hit uh, when he's healthy. I think you were able – if you got him, you got him late in drafts. He didn't cost you a thing. So I'm I'm holding him right now unless you can get, like, a top 100 player, which I, I doubt you could get for Lowry right now. If you can, make the move. But right now I'm holding him. I just think that, uh, you know, he's – whatever you're getting from him is just – it's free money. I mean, I know he's only played over 140 games twice in his career, and I think he just turned 34. So, you know, are you going to get a full season? Maybe, maybe not. But just take what take what he's giving you right now.
1: Yeah. A couple of things there. And it's a great point is it's, it, you got them for basically free. If you can get them for a top 100 guy, top 75, you know, set the bar high negotiate. That's a whole nother topic. Yes. No doubt about it. Cause it's Jed Lowry. Cause as, as great as he's playing and as good as he might play, those numbers are going to regress a bit. So you're going to have a rough spot somewhere along the way. That's just the nature of the game back of the baseball card theory. It's going to happen. Um, The only thing that scares me, and I'm down for all these things, is we know the A's will trade him if they get the right offer at the deadline. Then what value does he have then? So that's something if you do own Lowry, keep an eye on that. If the rumblings start to turn out and it's not like to the Yankees or something, keep an eye on that because that could change a lot of things.
2: Very good point, yeah.
1: Uh, let's talk DJ LeMahieu, the guy that's got power outside of Coors Field. All of a sudden, um, if, if this wasn't in the clean era of baseball, we might have questions. But it's "quote unquote" the clean era of baseball now. So you got you got DJ hitting three hundred eight, which is no standard for DJ. Well, but it, it, it gets great a two sixty nine ISO from this little fellow. Five home runs, nine RBIs. So not doing it with many guys on base, but I believe um, at least three or more of those have come on the road what are you doing with DJ who's who pretty much you only drafted for his batting average? Correct. Sure.
2: Yeah. I, I was not a DJ LeMayhew believer. Um, I'm a Cubs fan. I have zero yeah. shares of DJ LeMahieu. and I, 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 had, I, I just did, I just stayed away from him. I just didn't, didn't go near him. Um, and as a Cubs fan, you know, I've watched him and then he went to Coors and I was like, okay, maybe he's going to actually do something. And yeah, he hits for average, but he did not take advantage of, uh, the power in Coors. So, I was just—I've just been off him, and I—I I was looking at him, and he's—he's he's hitting more fly balls. He's hitting the ball harder, and he's pulling the ball more. He's always a guy who's line drives the other way, line drives the other way, and now he's—you know—turning on turning on pitches and, and going deep, pull, pulling fly balls. So, you know, that's a—that's a change. Where if he can keep that going, you know, who knows? Maybe he—I mean, his career high is eleven. I think he blows that out of the water. But um, is he a twenty-home run hitter now? I don't I don't know if I go that far but it, from what I've seen from his profile it looks like he might be able to um you know hit 15 18 homers with that average and you know I I think he with the guys hitting behind him like Arenado, he's going to score a ton of runs too so maybe he's a two or three category guy instead of a, a one or two so uh would you rather have DJ LeMahieu or Jed Lowry rest the season I'm going to say DJ LeMahieu I just think he's more bankable um uh, I'll take I'll take cores and just just the edge in cores and then the health. I think he's pretty bankable for 150 games for DJ. Let's throw
1: let's throw one more hot second baseman in there. You got Jay Lowry, DJ LeMahieu, or Aussie Albies?
2: Uh,
1: Albies. Okay, <laughs> I, was <laughs> <second>. <laughs> I, I was shocked because I with you and like Albies to me is like if you got the emoji with the heart eyes, that's Aussie yeah. Albies. Like that's every time I see him play, I just. He, he is what's fun about baseball. Oh, um, sure. But I saw some people today and yesterday going, Oh, it's not sustainable. You got to do this and that and this and that. And I'm like, Guys, stop trying to have every hot take under the sun. Just yeah. try to <laughs> enjoy what you have going here. Have, enjoy a good thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, let's talk about a guy that's got a weird stat line because he's come out smoking hot yeah. five homers, 13 runs, 15 RBIs, but a ninety seven batting average given. 171 Babbitt which will help with that talking Gregory Polanco everyone's been waiting for the breakout it seems to maybe have shown up what's your thoughts on Polanco
2: yeah Polanco's frustrating i I love this kid a few years ago and he just hasn't lived up to the hype the power speed combination what everyone loves I I don't know I his walk rate's way up um, so I think you know and the O swings down, but yeah, that unlucky Babbitt just kind of throws things off. But it, he is hitting for power, and that's something he hasn't done a whole lot of. Um, he stole twenty-seven bases in two thousand fifteen. Um, he looks like he could be a twenty twenty-five homer guy if he stays healthy. Um, I think some people have seen some of those workouts he was doing in the offseason uh, getting ripped. So maybe that's playing a role. But um, I think I I think I'm in on Polanco, but it might be kind of my last my last go round with him. So I would buy them. I wouldn't overspend. I think someone who's looking at the sub-200 average, maybe you can get them for you know, market price or maybe a little cheaper. But I think I'm in on, on Polanco.
1: No, I like that take a lot. That 171 Babbitt stares me right in the eyes going, there's definitely going to be an increase in that average. Maybe it only gets to 250, but that's a heck of a jump from here. And, and he's easily, or not easily, but to me, he seems like a 250-plus uh, power back. So our, our 25 homer power bat, sorry. I, I could definitely see him giving you some solid, solid numbers. If you can grab him, that's great. And I agree. It's kind of the last the last year you can kind of wait, though, because it seems every season since he's finally got the call, it's like, okay, this is his year. This is his year. This is his year. And it's every year it's like, Gregory, what are you doing, man? Like, come on. <laughs> um, but he looks – he's coming out guns blazing. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk as Drupal Cabrera, the guy that never ages. Um, He must have been with Bartolo Colon somewhere and found the fountain of youth because he just keeps producing out there. And starting off the year with four homers already, hitting three forty three for the Mets, and just every night seems to come up clutch. Uh,
2: I want your opinion first before I get mine. What are you doing with this Drupal Cabrera? Uh, I'm going to sell as Drupal Cabrera. I I was actually surprised. I was with a couple of friends, and they showed a graphic, um, and I think – we were all kind of like, what's, what's he like 35, 36. And I think he was like 32 or something. It's like, how is he, how is he so young? So, I mean, it's not like he's an old guy, but I just, I think right now he's playing over his head. His Babbitt's way too high. Um, He's not walking at all. Um, Hard contacts down. um, And he's got right now a career high home run for fly balls over 17%, which is a little high for him. He's, you know, maybe around a 10% um, best case scenario. So, um, I think if you could get anything for him, I'd sell. I'm not I'm not interested in, in owning Cabrera. I know he's kind of a nice floor guy, but I'm not I'm not in. Playing time could be an issue too.
1: Yes, the playing time is a very valid point because they're not all healthy right now. Once they get healthy, they have some younger talent and because going into the season, they were worried he wasn't gonna get to play. And then mm-hmm. typical Mets fashion injuries happened. So uh he he's got that going for him. I think sell sell definitely if you can't, even and you're not going to be able to get a ton because people, I think, are all pretty wise onto the uh, Ezreal train. And heck, if you look in some 10 and 12 teams leagues, he's on the waiver wire. So uh, if you need a quick fill in for a week or two, grab him. But this isn't a long term thing, like you're saying. Totally agree there. But the other part that's funny 32 years old, I, I'm with you there. I would have swore 35, 36, been around forever. Yeah, uh, for sure. Let's talk about a, a guy that. He burst on the scene with a three home run game, and he's not as young as people think for a quote unquote prospect. He's twenty, going to be twenty seven this year in June. I'm talking Christian way of the San Diego Padres, and you know everyone thought it was just a fluke, the three game, the three home run game. But man, every night you look at the box score, especially against lefties, but even against righties, he's not bad. He's producing. He now has six home runs, thirteen ribbies, ten runs scored, a 340 average, and a ton of other great stats. Um, there's
2: a lot to like here, but what are you doing with Christian Villanueva? Yeah, Villanueva, I was like, where the hell did this guy come from? I mean, just out of nowhere and in San Diego of all places. Um, I don't know, you know, from what I've seen, I think it's kind of, um, he's just, it's not sustainable. I know uh, he might have legitimate power. He had 20 plus homers in the minors, but I just, you know, so you get a three homer game early and then you follow it up with a few homers, kind of like Matt Davidson and people are on the bandwagon, but Matt Davins has already slowed down. Um, so maybe he kind of goes that route. I think his 440 Babbitt's obviously coming down. He's got a 30% K rate. You know, I don't like that. He's got a 37.5% home run, uh, percent home run for fly ball rate. That's not sustainable. He's not, you know, Aaron Judge. So um, I I don't, the, the plate discipline is terrible, but like you're saying, he does match lefties, so maybe he's a platoon bat, but um I would sell high if I was an owner. Um, if you had to have one for the rest of the year, do you want Villanueva or Matt Davidson? I think I'm going Davidson. That's yeah it's tough, but I think I'm going Davidson. I like the he can take a walk and I haven't really seen a whole lot from Villanueva. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. Let's take a look at a couple pitchers here, and we'll kick it off with good
1: old Patrick Corbin. Uh, Sliders going through the roof. He's striking out everybody. He almost had a no-no the other night, but it was a, a complete game shutout, just Jim against the Giants. So far, so good this year. What are you doing with Corbin? Because you, 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 I wouldn't fault you if you're a believer and you're sticking it out, but you could probably get a pretty penny for him also.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I was uh, I was pretty high on him in the offseason. I had him ranked around uh, 40th for starting pitchers. And I was seeing a lot of sites had like 80, 90 overall. I didn't understand he time he threw one hundred and ninety innings last year. His ERA was around four, and the WHIP was high. But you saw some flashes from him, and I just thought three years removed from Tommy John, this guy, this guy could could actually be something with his slider. And he upped it to fifty percent, and it's just been unhittable. Uh, his swinging strike rate is second to Scherzer. Um, I'm buying or holding. I mean, I just. If you've got him, I'm, I'm riding this out. Um, I'm not going to put him in an ace status yet. I want to see a few more starts and sustainability. But, I mean, his K rate is 12%. Um, ground ball rate is around 56%. I mean, there's just not a whole lot that there's not to like right now. So I'm holding or buying if you can. I just – I, if, if a guy wants ace price for him, I'm probably not buying, but I'm definitely holding. I love yeah, him. you I- I think you missed K for nine is about twelve. Uh, his
1: K is thirty-seven <laughs> he's, percent. He's he's going crazy there. Um, if you had to sell him, because you said, or you said uh, buy him, if you had to buy him, what would you expect is a fair offer?
2: Hmm. Maybe uh, uh maybe Luis Castillo. <laughs> I know he's a. Uh, He's a polarizing one, but, um, you know, someone in that range, like um, if you wanted like a floor guy like a Quintana who's struggling a little bit, um, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't, I don't want to put him at you know, that high yet. I think he's still kind of in the twenties for me um, despite the crazy numbers that he's got. So. That's that's fair.
1: Very, very fair. Someone, another guy who's been dealing up the big win on, Wednesday night in Seattle on his first road start with the Astros. Tucker Garrett Cole, pure filthy. Just pure, pure filthy stuff in his first four starts. Averaging um, seven innings, a start. A K. per nine, over 13. Uh, 100% left on base, probably not sustainable. But uh, everything else looks great. What are you doing with Garrett Cole?
2: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That 100% left on base threw up a flag. But um, I think I'm going to I'm, – I'm holding – Cole right now. I think maybe he's finally hitting his potential that everyone thought he would hit in Pittsburgh. Um, the fastball's is actually uh, the pitch value is fantastic. And that's never really been, uh, even though he's thrown 96 miles an hour, it's never really been, uh, you know, a, a great pitch for him and throwing the slider and, and the curve um, around five to 10% more has been uh, huge for his strikeout rate. So going to Houston, finally figured out to, how to use this guy. Um, I think that often base is not sustainable, but, um, another kind of, and I don't want to say issue, but, uh, something I noticed was that his fly ball rates, 47% right now. I know maybe a small sample, but you know, as the weather warms up, balls are going to start <laughs> flying out if that's the case. But that's the, I mean, that's the only thing I can find that's negative on him. <laughs> so and that's crazy. And that's crazy because it's true. Like that's all
1: that's really not going to look bad. And that, is, that 47 is a good point. It's a big jump because like last year 33, 2016, 29%. Um, he's been pretty much a, a, around a 30% fly ball guy. So that is a hefty, hefty jump indeed. Definitely a good thing to keep an eye on because that short portion left, that could give up some freebies there in Houston. Yep. Let's talk Chad Bettis of the Colorado Rockies. Not a flashy name by any means. But he's getting it done. He's got it done at home. A face to start this year. Uh, ERA 144. The FIP and the x XFIP don't completely agree at 427 and 475. But he, he just seems to grind. Not a big strikeout guy. Pitch to contact. What are you doing with Chad Bettis?
2: I think I'm going to – I'm selling Bettis. Um, I, I saw some reports that his velocity was up in spring, um, which kind of started a little bit of buzz with him and – He's back down to 90 miles an hour. I think he was hitting 93 in spring, and now he's down at 90. Um, I think it's kind of just more luck at this point. He's, his strikeout rate and walk rate are just way too close for me. For a guy that, you know, in Coors, those walks and that contact is going to bite him. Um, he's, there's no way he sustains anywhere near, um, you know, even a mid-three-year rate. I think he's he's a four-and-a-half type guy like his FIP and xFIP say. So I'm selling if you can get anything for him if someone wants to buy I'd sell. Yeah, that's uh, kind of the take I was expecting. There, he's just he's getting it done, but it's a
1: little yeah. scary. Yeah. Let's talk to Sean Manaya, big time lefty for the Oakland A's. He's a prospect. He sputtered around. People heard the stories last year. He was having you know issues with some medication, maybe some ADD. There's a couple different scenarios out there. Either way, none of it was good. And he seems to fix that in the second half last year. He did pitch a lot better and it's carried over to this season. He's looking really, really good again, though. a One six, three ERA, the FIP and the X-FIP are higher. Another hundred percent left on base guy also, but he's, he's looked really solid. Picks, Mitch, uh, mix, Eno you know, Saris is broken down. Is pretty interesting. What's your thoughts on Minaya?
2: Yeah, there's a good point with a hundred percent left on bases. Babib also is a, is 1.69. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, he's the guys aren't getting on base and when they are, they're not scoring. So, um, you know, I love his talent. I I liked him last year and like you were saying he had those issues that hopefully are behind him right now. Um so I'm I'm holding. I don't I don't know if I love Manaya right now. Um you know, his swing strike is is sitting around 10, which is okay. Um and I actually think his K rate rises a little bit, but um I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of regression there even though He's got a lot of things that are going for him. I think walks are down a bit. Uh, 50% ground ball or near that. It's it's a tough one for me cuz I think people are high on him. I think the market is the market loves Sean So I I don't think um I don't I don't think you can buy him for you're going to pay a hefty price if you're going to buy him. So I'm kind of I'm holding or I'm selling if I can get something I can get something pretty good for him. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if you could flip him for,
1: say, a top 35-ish, give or take some positions, starting pitcher. You could probably get something good there. Or if you need a little bit of um, power slash average help, you could probably get a pretty formidable bat with a good floor for him. Mm -hmm. good call there. Uh, Last pitcher we're going to talk about, he's on the hot list until he got destroyed tonight in Philadelphia. But still, numbers aren't going to be too horrible. But uh, Jamison Tyon, starting out the year, great. Definite hiccup tonight. It's going to happen from time to time. Do you think he's made
2: the turn and you're staying with him, or are you trying to sell this guy? I think I'm holding. <clears throat> I was disappointed to see that start tonight. Um, but I think his, he's not a big strikeout guy. He had that nine strikeout performance early. That really boosted his K rate, but it's back down below nine. And then after today, you know, things kind of kind of blew up on him. But this is a guy who gets a lot of ground balls. Um you got to trust the defense. He gets weak contact. His walks are down. He was a very unlucky in terms of Babbitt last year, and then it's kind of turned in his favor. Maybe that flip tonight. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen the numbers yet, but um, I still he wasn't bought for. I don't, I don't know. He was probably around fifty overall starting pitcher. I think if you hold him, you're going to get value with him. I think he's going to he's going to be inside the top fifty starting pitchers. So I'm not I'm not selling. I'm holding right now. Yeah, here's his line from tonight, real quick. Inning <laughs> in and two-thirds,
1: four hits, five earned, one homer, two walks, three Ks. Um, he had a bad lip of 600, left oh. on base of 35.7%, ground ball of forty seven or 40%. See, so if you look at his ERA, it was 27. His FIP was 12.7. His XFIP, 4.9. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those nights. That's all it is. That's the way I look at it. just one of those nights. Yeah. We take this brief break from Bench with Bubba to talk to you about Roto-Wear. It's one of the best quality shirts in the industry. When I mean industry, all the clothing industry, the fantasy sports industry because people are rocking it, they're loving it. You're seeing it in a lot of big outlets now that no other brand can compete with rotoware in terms of quality. They're premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts. They specialize with a special special printing process. The design is part of the shirt. Literally, it is, it is dyed and bleached into the fabric. No thick ink. If you use the promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, you get 20% off your order. Again, promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S. Check their site out. Check them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're always giving away free shirts. And then when you go to purchase the ones you want for you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever, use promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to this week's episode of Benched with Bubba. Uh, Let's talk about some guys off to some cold starts, maybe that people were really high on coming into the season. and we got to decide, do we want to go get him? Do we want to give up on him? You know, get him for 40 cents on the dollar. What kind of things are we looking at here? And knock on wood, so far, I've been right about this guy. I was not a Chris Taylor guy at all. He's come out hitting two oh eight, uh, Decent Babbitt, Not great, but decent. Uh, the ISO, WOBA. Most of the peripherals look great. He's just average stinks, three homers, no stolen bases. People wanted those steals. What are you doing with Chris Taylor?
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I was I was kind of a buyer on him uh, to start the season. Uh, I'm kind of holding out hope right now, even though his walk rate's down, his K rate's up. Uh, they're not too far off where they were last year. Hard contacts down, that's a bad sign. But his low BABIP um, is going to come back. It's like 240-something right now. Um, so I just – I I'm, it's too early to sell low, and if the Dodgers are going to keep him in the leadoff spot, um, I think things will, will turn around as long as that uh, – Babbitt regresses back over 300, but um, he is hitting for a little bit of power still, but the steals have to come for him to kind of return some value. So I'm still holding out hope for him, but it's a little early for me to sell. Um, and if the Dodgers haven't lost hope in him, I haven't either. So. Yeah, and that's,
1: that's a really good point, is the Dodgers are still going to play him pretty much every day, usually going to hit towards the top of the order, especially against lefties. There's a lot to like about him. And, and one thing we, we want to emphasize again is, It's still only like three weeks into the season. Panicking really isn't the best move. This is just more of an idea of what to watch for going forward. Don't just like run out and go, oh, no, the world is ending. No, it's not ending. You're going to be okay. But um, just something to keep an eye on. Some of these guys, slow starters, don't bounce back. But um, let's talk Andrew McCutcheon. I've been witnessing this just wonderful Mm -hmm. season. Hit 209 with only two homers. Three stolen bases got my attention. I'll tell you that much from this guy. But, you know, he had about a four-game hot streak. Other than that, it's pretty dismal. Yeah. Uh, and he was going much higher than I thought he was supposed to go in drafts. So I, I don't think I got him anywhere because I was just shocked by
2: his quote-unquote ADP. What are you looking at with Andrew McCutcheon? Yeah, I think his, his ADP was inflated. I think he, he ended up finishing the season strong last year. He had like 27 or so homers and still double-digit bases with a decent average. So, I mean, he ended up with some nice numbers. You have obviously seen a lot more than I have from him, but – I think I'm buying McCutcheon. I don't think he's done yet. Um, He's just kind of been a gamer. I think, you know, he can hit for average. He takes walks. He can get on base. He's showing some power. I think he hit a homer last night. The three steals is nice. Um, I don't expect that pace to continue, but he's a guy who was slow last year. Um, You know, give him some time, and I think he's going to be a solid middle-of-the-order bat, 25-10 type guy with a good average. So I'm, I'm not too worried about McCutcheon. He's getting up there in age, but I, I like that he is showing some power and speed, and the average should come back up. Yeah, I'm definitely a buyer. I'm a catch He's not going to be this bad. He's going to be about a 260
1: and you know, close to 20 homers, maybe 15 steals at the most, but he's going to be very productive. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd be on that one in a heartbeat. Um, Dexter Fowler, this one surprises me. Every time I look at it, I expect it to improve. They talk about the launch angle and exit velocity. He's one of those darlings that – everything's jumping off his bat, but he's got no
2: luck. And he's hit a buck ninety right now to start the season. What are you doing with Dexter Fowler? I think I'm selling him. And even in shallow leagues, I mean the shallowest of leagues, 10-team 10, 10 leagues, I think I'm dropping him. I don't think he's – he's uh, he looks lost right now. Uh, I've watched a few of the games, uh, even though we had a couple of snow outs with the Cubs. But um, he's just – he's kind of flailing. He's not – he just doesn't look like Dexter Fowler when he was with us on the Cubs. I just. It doesn't look like the same guy. Uh, they've got out. They got an outfield crunch out there. Tyler O'Neill. They called up. They got Harrison Bader. I like both of those guys. And maybe, unfortunately, they signed Dexter to a long-term deal. But you know, if they want to win this year, those guys might be better options. And Dexter sees the bench every once in a while. So um, I know he's he's got some bad luck on on his side, and he'll put up decent numbers. But you know, twelve to fifteen homers and eight to ten steals is is not gonna not gonna cut it in shallow leagues. And if you can get something in deep leagues, um, I'd do it. Yeah, and uh, it's not going to cut it. That's for darn sure.
1: And you can't be afraid, especially in shallow leagues like you're saying, you can't be afraid to cut a Dexter Fowler right. because, you no, know, say you go get go get the, the next best thing and ride it for a week and then maybe you pick up Fowler when he starts going or something like that. But you, you can't do it in a shallow league. In, say, a 15-team league, you're a Cubs guy. Would you rather have Dexter Fowler or
2: Jason Hayward? Uh, Jason Hayward on front. God, right now, they look like the same player to me. I mean, I honestly yeah, don't. That's, think what, that's, what that's what I'm thinking. One. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, they're both. <laughs> oh man. I mean, it, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you got me on that one. I can't. I can't, yeah. I don't. I don't. I would not own Hayward. So, and I'm telling you to sell or drop Dexter. So I can't. I I would say neither.
1: <laughs> Abol- Abolish
2: you? the league. Abolish yeah, the league. What um, about you? I'd, I'd stick with
1: Dexter, but, yeah, yeah I, I want nothing to do with, with Jason Hayward. Like, I, I'm treating him like the plague. <laughs> nothing. But um, since, since you are a Cubs guy, it's not a name on the list, but I figure you'll have a little knowledge. You don't have to go too deep into the stats if you don't have anything ready. Um, Ian Happ, homers on the first at-bat of the season. I was huge on him, as many others were. I, I have him in a handful of places. What are we doing with Ian Happ? Is this it, like I've heard stories as much as they might send him down to get his, his head right, like they did with Schwarber last year.
2: Yeah, he's he's lost. Um, his K rate's right around fifty percent. He's just not making any contact. Um, you know, the home runs. He's got a couple homers and a couple steals, which is nice. If he could make contact, but he's just he looks lost out there. Um, he's going to be sitting um, against you know tough tough lefties. Uh, he there's an outfield crunch out there, and I just there's too many there's too many bodies and just not enough not enough plate appearances and if he's not going to produce. Um, yeah, they, they could send him down or at least drop him in the order. I I don't understand why Madden's leading him off, to be honest with you. But I just- yeah,
1: I never understood the leadoff thing at all. He's yeah, a good player and they say he's like their best technically stats wise defensive outfielder, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least last year he was, but man, yeah, it, like it, you said, he looks. It's rough. <laughs> yeah, again, I'm a big fan of his. I was like, I,
2: th- I thought I yeah. thought this was this was his his year to really break out. But yeah, he he looks much worse than Schwar. He actually looks worse than Schwarber did to start last year. To
1: be honest, yeah,
2: that's that's
1: very very true, very true. <laughs> All right, let's talk uh, Yonder Alonso, the new Cleveland Indian. Had his big breakout year, launch angle king of the world, <laughs> and uh, he, he got it done last year with Oakland and a or, and a few other teams. Goes to Cleveland on a decent minor league deal, hitting a buck 96 right now, the buck 95 Babbitt. But he's got three homers. He's still getting it done whenever he has to.
2: But uh, is this a guy you're buying or selling or holding? Um, I think he's kind of a moderate buy for me. Uh, he was pretty cheap on draft day. I don't think a lot of people bought in to the breakout. He was being drafted after 200, if I can remember correctly. So yeah, he didn't have to late. pay too much for him. Um, I love you know the Cleveland lineup. No one on Cleveland's really hitting. I think it's kind of just a team wide thing. Um, he, Alonzo's still got the same approach. He's hitting a lot of fly balls, so I'm not concerned there. His BABIP's obviously going to come back up. His average is going to come back up. Uh, the K rate looks looks fine to me. It's not elevated, so I, I think like you're saying, the home runs are there. Uh, when everything comes back to normal, you know he's a 2 260 hitter and he's going to hit for power um, and drive in. You know, Jose Ramirez, Lindor, those guys are going to get on base. It's going to happen. So I think I, I'm, I like him as a buy. Yeah, I'm a big Yonder fan.
1: Uh, I loved how late he was going. I'll, I'll, I'll handle this little slump because a point you made there that was really, really good is once the team gets going, he's going to benefit immensely. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's why you drafted Yonder Alonzo late, not just his little power upside, but the lineup he's in. That was what differentiated him between other picks he made at that time. And you, you can't you can't just give up on him yet because. And when it heats up in Cleveland, we've seen that ball fly out in the summertime. So there's a lot to like about him in Cleveland, for sure. Another guy that the ball can fly out of the ballpark is Philadelphia. We're talking Carlos Santana, another free agent off to a horrific year. But similar to the Dexter Fowler, you know, you look at exit velo and launch angle. I I, I listened to the cast and they said he's been robbed of if it was regular temperatures because each temperature is like five feet of distance um it's been crazy what he's done but hitting a buck 31 with a buck 20 babip,
2: you're buying him right oh yeah that that buck 20 babip, that was the one he got me on that one that's crazy um i don't know how that's possible (laughs) um, that's literally the worst buck on the planet correct yeah he's yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely buying him. the The one thing I noticed is that his fly ball rates jumped over 50%. That's great for home runs, and especially when it warms up. But I I guess I would be a little bit concerned about his average. He's already a guy who doesn't hit for a high average, and he's he's jumped his fly ball rates jumped almost 10%. So while that could mean a, you know, close to 30 homers, it might come with like a 230 average. Uh, maybe it's just small sample, but I I'm definitely buying. Him. I was just trying to pick at some things that that might be an issue, but he's still walks almost as much as he strikes out, and that's a great sign. So I'm buying. Yeah, that's a really, really good sign. Okay, let's
1: talk about a couple pitchers here. You already hinted at him earlier. He's just like a polarizing pitcher. Everybody loves him. Some people thought he was the next Cy Young Award winner coming into the season. Uh, Luis Castillo, the Reds, a couple rough starts. His last one, though, was pretty solid, except the manager just left him out there too long. That's all that was. And, And that manager is now fired, actually. He was fired this morning. And I don't know if that's the only reason why, but he's gone. But uh, Castillo, rough start, but all the peripherals point to much better things to come. What are you doing with Luis Castillo?
2: Yeah, I, I'm guilty of, uh, of hyping him up. I definitely love Luis Castillo. Disappointed in his start, but I'm holding or buying on a owner if they're sick of uh, the numbers so far. But I don't think anyone's selling. Um, yeah, it yeah. was it was frustrating to watch that that last one. He he was cruising. He looked like a he looked like an ace in that start, and then. You know, really, just a few batters too long, and that's it. So um, he doesn't. It his ground ball rates uh, down a little bit, around, still around fifty percent, so that's good. He was near fifty eight last year. Uh, other than that, his swinging strike rates higher than last year, even though the K rates down. I don't see his his stuff is still there. I mean, it's he's getting a feel for his slider. His changeup's fantastic already. So I can just see him. He's just gonna keep getting better as the season goes on. So I'm buying. Yeah, big fan of his. And
1: let me clarify, I'm not like mad that he went out there in the seventh. If he was pitching normal, I would have been mad he went out in the seventh. The fact mm-hmm. he'd struggled so long, take yeah. the sixth, shut out, go sit him down and relax. Like yeah. build the confidence up. He's a kid. That's right. where I got mad at him. Yeah.
2: Like, man. Um, he's gone. I mean, they started – oh, they got three wins, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that. That's a whole other story that makes me
1: laugh. It's like, okay – Yes, they started out poorly, but what do you think the Reds are going to do? you seen that roster? Like, yeah. seriously, <laughs> you're going to be <laughs> lucky to win 60 to 65 games. Uh, but, man, what a, yeah, baseball. Yeah. Uh, John Gray of the Colorado Rockies, I was huge on him this year. He's one of the guys that's proven he can pitch in tours. He's had a rough go to start the year. There's no sugarcoating it. A 623 ERA, but a 361 whip, 315 X FIP. Uh, these are things you can definitely point to to some
2: regression. Um, what are you doing with John Gray? Well, first I want to get him out of Colorado. That's the first thing, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, like you said, he's pitching fine in Colorado. He's, he's been able to kind of tame the beast if you will, but, um, I'm holding him right now. Um, you kind of have to just, you're just kind of going to wait it out. The guy's got fantastic stuff. He's got the strikeout rate. Um, he's been unlucky. Um, so far but i do see that the hard contacts up line drive and fly ball rates are up um so again that's not great for for coors starts but if you if you bench him against the best opponents in coors and you take the rest i think he's you know almost an ace caliber type pitcher so i'm if you've drafted him you know what you're getting i'm holding him
1: yep i'm all aboard that idea now here's a guy that is tilting and i'm starting to to really question what he really has in the race should have maybe have traded him by now, but Chris Archer is struggling to put it nicely. And really if you if you dig into his last few years, nothing special. Nothing special at all. He's got a good K rate. That's about it. What are you doing with Chris Archer, who has a seven point eight four ERA in twenty innings to start the year?
2: Yeah, I'm selling. I I'm I'm out on Archer. I wasn't really in to begin with. I thought he was just a high K guy, and I think everyone's waiting for him to kind of reach his peripherals his ex-fip his fit but he always uh his ex-fip and fit are always uh much better than his era at the end of the year it just it's just the way it's been and everyone's expecting him to finally okay let's reach that let's be a 325 era guy with 11k rate that's fantastic but i just don't see it um he's kind of a just a two-pitch pitcher um and you know it, his third time through the order he struggles that's what it seems like he can't go deep into games and so far this year in the first inning has been an issue he can't pitch deep in deep in the game and he can't start him well what's he got you know so I'm just concerned um he's Tampa Bay is not a great team he's not going to get a lot of wins pitching five and six innings for Tampa so yeah he's just a strikeout guy for me he's he's definitely dropped into the uh probably late 20s 30s overall for pitcher for me if you can sell him um get a top 25 pitcher I would do it or, or a solid bat
1: would you think about maybe trying to flip him for say uh, Sean Maniah? or is that too
2: low still that's it's closer I I probably wouldn't do it I'd ask for maybe a little sweetener but that's that's not terrible Patrick Corbin yeah I think I think I I I would roll the dice on it go outside if I can
1: all right I like it Um, here's a guy I had no shares of at all and (laughs) Right now, I'm okay with it, but uh, you never know. He, he surprised me with his last start. He was actually really good at home. Julio Tejeron, 5'4 ERA. But it's scary when you have a 5'4 ERA and the FIP and the XFIP kind of either agree or slightly higher. So yeah. it's not a, not a good thing at all. What are you doing with Tejeron? Because at worst, like, yes, he's tilting, but at season's end, he's better than Archer for one. Maybe not the K upside, but everything else is better than Archer. So what are you doing with a guy like Tejeron?
2: Well, it's funny, you actually said that his last start was good. His last two starts were good and his numbers still look that bad. So um <laughs> That tells you something. <laughs> <laughs> right. They actually he pitched well at home for probably the first time in a year. Um he's been terrible at home. That stadium does not work for him. But um I'm selling him. Um he just he gives up too much hard contact. Uh velocity's down two miles an hour. I don't usually worry about velocity this early, but if it's over two miles an hour. Uh, that's a concern for me. So, um, you know, the walk rate's up, and so is his strikeout rate, which it looks like he's getting some more swings and misses, but he's not going to have an over nine strikeout rate. So, if that walk rate stays up, um, the K rate comes down, I just, I'm just selling. I am i don't even know if you can get anything for him, but I'm selling.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. I don't know what you're going to get, but <laughs> that pretty much, you know, trade him for 50, 60% value. If you can snag that, roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last one that I, I want to talk, uh, he's a guy I fall into the trap every offseason going, look how good he was. I like what he's doing. It's great. Everybody that plays DFS or plays attention to fans, knows he pitches so much better when Caleb Joseph's back there, but Buck Schulter intends to throw another guy back there at least half the starts. We're talking Kevin Gossman. You know, the velocity still looks decent. They're, they're, it's just It's tilting, very tilting. What do you know about Kevin Gosman?
2: Yeah, he's tempting. Um, I've kind of been out on him. Uh, I've been burned by him a couple of times before. Um, I actually saw that his uh, velocity looked like it was down a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's, that's true or not, but uh, he just – too many fly balls, too many home runs. He's been consistently at 1.4 home runs for nine the last two years. Right now he's over two. I mean, it's early, but he just – he gives up too many, too many uh, home runs, too much, too many fly balls. I, I, don't. He's inconsistent, to say the least. But, um, you know, the second half last year was great. Maybe you can uh, bank on that. Maybe he just needs some time to get going. Some players are like that. But, um, for me, he's a sell, and that's just more of a personal thing because I've been burned by him. Yeah. So, Gossman or Tateron? Yeah. Uh, you know what, Gossman? I think I, there's a little bit more upside for me than Tehran.
1: Gossman or Archer? Oh, Archer. Gossman or Jamison Tyon? Tyon. Okay, I like it.
2: Yeah. There, there's
1: one more player I want to ask you about. You hinted yeah. at him again. It's another Cub, Jose Quintana. What is going on with Jose Quintana?
2: Uh, Quintana's gonna be okay, I think. Um, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about him. I think that. Uh, He's just getting acclimated. I think the cold weather is throwing him off. Uh, early season struggles. Uh, everyone on the Cubs just seems to be uh, the pitching staff has slow starts. Maybe it's the deep playoff run. Quintana's is kind of just, he's as consistent as they come. He's not spectacular, but I think at the end of the season, his numbers will be there. I think he will feel the benefit of being in the National League facing a pitcher um, you know, a couple times a game. So um, He does it without you know, spectacular stuff without high swing strike rate, but he gets it done. I'm not worried about Quintana. He's a professional. So I'm, I'm holding. I'm not I'm not buying, but I'm I'm holding. Definitely not selling.
1: No, I, I like that answer. Um, it, it's a point that it's talked about when I talked about enough, the, the crazy weather to start the year, how cold sure. things have been. It affects yes. so many factors of the game, like uh, sample sizes. We just got to yeah. slow down a little bit here. And you kind of hinted on it there for a second. The last question I have on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being extremely worried. How worried of you are the, about the Chicago Cubs?
2: Um, probably like a one or two. (laughs) I'm uh, I'm confident. confident. Well, they, they struggled last year, even through the all-star break. And then they started picking it up. I'm not, I'm not concerned. The talent's there. It's, it, the, like you said, the, the weather's been crazy. There's been every other game is a rain out or a snow out. I mean, it's been thirty. We I woke up this morning. There's snow on the ground. <laughs> you know, they have they, they, canceled
1: multiple games just because it was cold.
2: Yeah, not even precipitation. <laughs> right. yeah, cold weather in, in mid-April. I mean, it's it's crazy. You don't you don't have a feel for you can't feel your fingers. I mean, it's it's hard it's it's hard to kind of just you know, analyze everything when the weather's been the way it's been. And some teams are playing in dome. So it's different. I mean, so it's hard to compare, but yeah, I, I think it's, things will even out. We'll warm up here soon. I'm sure the weather there in San Francisco is a little better. <laughs> yes,
1: it's made it a little better. I, like I, I bet you in this, this list of guys, the hot and the colds, the 20 guys we talked about, I guarantee you. And if we looked back in June or July, once, you know, things normalize, this list could be completely flipped around and all, there could be all kinds of different things going on once guys get in their comfort zones. Oh, I agree. Yeah. So that's the beauty of baseball. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about it.
2: It flips on a dime.
1: Yep. Yep. And, uh, as we're getting ready to wrap this up, the, there's a massive collision in the outfield of the diamondbacks. That looks nasty. So, mm-hmm. uh, Owings and I think Peralta's in right field. Owings is coming out. He got nailed. I wouldn't be surprised if he's concussed, but, um, all right, Max, uh, you got anything coming up on Fantasy Pros or on your website, FreezeBets.com?
2: Uh, so I I just write a, I write a, a weekly article on Fantasy Pros called Burning Questions, just some top some hot topics that I write about, and then on on my website, um, I just try to keep up with streamers and then just kind of a weekly rundown of, um, you know, hot and cold players. So that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. You awesome. can follow me on Twitter at uh, at Oh. Awesome, awesome.
1: Everybody, go check them out. Lots of good info uh, coming from Max's direction. And, Max, appreciate you joining me, man. Had a good time. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bubba. I appreciate it. Hope we do it again. Yeah, no, we definitely will sometime. Uh, everybody, this was Bench with Bubba, episode 88. Don't forget to check him out on Twitter, at Freeze Stats, Max Freeze. Catch you guys later.